back to the Moral Hangover podcast. I'm your host, Katie Dombrowski, with my co-host, Victoria Bruno. Heads up, I'm in my apartment and there seems to be some construction going on. So don't mind the beeping in the back. Just pretend you're at a med spa and, you know, they're doing acupuncture or they're, you know, hitting your head with a gong over it. Don't know, but we're going to go with it. Vic, how are you today? Really setting the mood. I'm good today. Can't complain. I saw a meme that was like, you're going to be hearing us complain about the fact that it's dark at 5 p.m. for the next three months, which I use that excuse for everything now. Like, I'm so upset by it. I don't know if you like you get so upset by it, but I do. I think I do get upset by it, but I'm like, you know what? Me talking about it isn't going to help my case. Yeah. So I'm just going to try and take advantage of sunlight when I can. I went for a walk during work today before it got dark at four o'clock. So that's how I'm trying to combat the, you know, depressive episodes of daylight savings. Yes. No, I think we all need to like hold ourselves accountable and take a walk. Even if it's not at lunch, do it at three o'clock before. No, I totally agree. Like whenever you have a minute, just go outside and get sunshine because what's it called? Cabin fever. I was going stir crazy cabin fever, all of the above, just sitting in my house. Oh yeah. I need to move. I feel like I'm on a straight jacket and I can't move. And it was horrible. So where do you walk to just around the block? Um, I mixed up my block today because there was a woman with her two kids and I didn't want her thinking I was following her and her two kids because they were going my path. So I decided to take a separate path today. And I just went on the back roads. Usually I do the main roads, but today I did the back roads, had my hair in French braids with my seventies retro glasses on with my huge puffer. Um, the great thing about living in Philly is no one judges you if you wear weird shit. So thank God for that. Main character energy. Yeah, I really was serving, except I did have huge sweatpants on. Not cute sweatpants, just gray sweatpants with the bungee, you know, stretch. 10 out of 10 recommend. That's okay. No one's judging. But I want to talk about today weddings because I keep seeing weddings on my Instagram. I keep having friends talk about weddings. And I was recently invited to a wedding. And I know I talked about it on our Instagram and then I never kind of followed up with our followers. So background on this. I was invited to a wedding by an older man who I was talking to at the time, and it was very early on in the relationship. And at first I said, yes, I said, yes, because I thought, okay, um, this will be fun. I'm excited. I'm into this person. Then as the date came closer, the details were adding up and it was starting to set in that maybe this wasn't the most practical decision. I was thinking, number one, okay, this is going to be in upstate New York. I'm not going to know anyone. There also was no cell service. Then the bride was emailing me, asking me to give a ride to people. I didn't know anyone at this wedding. I don't feel comfortable giving a ride to people I don't even know. And then three, I was just thinking about like being in a hotel room, stuck with this person. There's no escape if anything does go wrong. So clearly you can tell I have anxiety. But anyway. um, It it was too many details. Like you. It was was too much. Why? Like, it's hard to go just like upstate New York. Like maybe if it was in New York city, it'd be different because it's a city. That's what I was thinking. I was telling myself if it was in New York city, I have friends there. I could see friends after the wedding. If there was anything that made me weird or uncomfortable, I could have an out and leave. And I would at least know people. I'm sure I would like run into someone that I knew of someone of someone. I was worried because this wedding, again, this person's older than me. So all these people are going to be older than me. I'm going to be the youngest person there. What am I going to talk about? These probably, these people probably already have kids or married. They're with their fiancés. And how do I even introduce myself to these people? They're going to assume we're dating. That's so weird. All I keep thinking about is if I was bride, there was no one showing up to my wedding that I don't know. So I guess like some weddings do do plus ones for everyone. But I just think it's weird unless it's like a close friend or family member and you know, okay, they're bringing their date. 
But like, if it's just like someone on the list, I mean, I don't know how close he was with the person getting married. So they used to work together, but. But that's not close enough for me. Like, no. what? Like, you're going to bring a rando to my wedding? I don't know. Me as a bride okay. will not be happening, but that's besides the point. Besides the point, I need to wrap up the story because yeah, it's, yeah, coming, it's coming a Dorit Kempsley rant at this moment. Dorit is known for long-winded stories, but here we go. So anyway, in conclusion, I decided to back out last minute. Classic. Um, I don't think he was too thrilled with me, and he thinks that I always pull out of things last minute now, so that's really great. And we're not talking anymore that fizzled out. But the bigger question I have to bring up, well, number one, when to ask someone to be your plus one, if you were given that, if you were given that option, because like you said, not a lot of people do give that option. And number two, if you want to back out, how do you do it gracefully? Because clearly my method was not gracefully. Okay. It wasn't that bad. I just want to cover my tracks. It wasn't that bad. I gave him a couple of weeks. So if he wanted to find someone else, he could, but I also think he was banking on a ride with me. So a lot of question marks. What's your take? That is so hard because I feel like we're getting to an age now where we're getting invites to wedding and you're like, what, what is the proper protocol? Um, Okay. So your first question was how to decide if you want to bring a plus one. Um, Let's hear your opinion on this first, because I'm in a relationship. (laughs) So, okay. So my personal thought is if you are in a committed relationship or if you've, if you have been seeing each other for X amount of months. Maybe you're not official, but you've been seeing each other. You're comfortable with each other. I think it's a comfort level. And if you think you'll have fun with that person. Mm-hmm. No, I agree because I'm thinking like, okay, if I wasn't in a relationship, who would I take? And it would really depend on who, like what your relationship status is. Like if you're just taking a guy you're talking to just to take him, I think you're better off inviting a friend to come with you. Friend. No, I completely agree. Well, I just think if you bring a guy who you're just talking to, they're going to be like, oh, wow, like free sex. Like, I don't know, that would be that would be my first take. Like, okay, like either one, she thinks we're more serious than we are or two, free sex in a hotel room with this girl. Yeah, well, what I'm thinking is most, okay, we're generalizing here, but most weddings usually have some type of form of open bar situation going on. And I went to like my first wedding as an adult, I'd say a few months ago. And I have to say it was the funnest night of my life in 2021, like a great time. And weddings are generally like a great time because you're celebrating someone's marriage. It's good vibes. It's good vibes all around. So you want to bring someone that, you know, can chill. So if you're talking to a guy newly in the talking phase, like what if he can't chill? Like it's a huge test. Yeah. I definitely think you should bring someone. So I've only been to one wedding in my life and mm-hmm. I didn't have a plus one. Well, not that I would even have anyone to take with me at that moment. This was like three years ago and I was still in college, like on again, off again, seeing my ex, whatever. But I think you definitely need to bring someone if you do have the opportunity for a plus one, because it's awkward not knowing anyone or if people you do know are in conversation and you're just sitting there. A lot of the times when I was at this wedding, well, I was also very close to the family, but you know, they're talking to people. They have to entertain, they have to host. So it's like, okay, where do I go? Like I have to talk to randos and try and make friends because the, the people I do know are talking to other people. Yeah. Do you know what this is making me also think how, I mean, I haven't been in the situation or do I know anyone, but you kind of see it in movies or like in shows talked about, but I get why single people go to weddings and then they meet other single people. Well, it's like a horny fest, Vic. I'm telling you, I went as a single person to this wedding and the groomsmen 
are hitting on me. Like two men. Yes. They're like trying to send me shots at this, at the reception. I'm like, oh my God. Really? Sneak in my hotel room. I was like, this is too much. Nothing happened because I slept in the same hotel room as my friend and her boyfriend. But it's really a love fest at weddings for single people. It really is. Now you're making me think at my brother's wedding. I remember I was like hearing all the gossip of who hooked up with who. So yeah, well, the story, it's kind of like what you want to get out of it. Yeah. The second part of that question is when is it too late to remove yourself and how do you do it gracefully? And I know I did this, but I'm also going to give my take. Like I gave this person two weeks. So if they wanted to find someone else, they could. But I think if you wait too long and they already buy your plate, that's when you're kind of fucked. Yeah. I think that you need to give, I mean, you did only give two weeks, but you did offer to pay for the plate. So I did offer to pay for the plate. Yeah. So I, I think that's the plate. Yeah. So I maybe would argue that you canceled to last minute, but you offered to pay and that's what matters the most. Okay, well, he ended up not going to the wedding either. So, <laughs> so probably didn't pay for anything, which I just think is so rude. When it comes to wedding, I have, I don't know if it's like an Italian thing, but I'm like, you pay for your plate. It's so rude to cancel last minute because most places need a final head count like a month before mm-hmm. and then they charge them for all the no-shows. So I'm like, don't do that. It was a live and learn lesson. Yeah, I think you handled it a great way. You were honest. He didn't give a lot of details. So that's another thing. If it's a guy asking you to go to the wedding, like get the details ahead. That was my mistake. I didn't get the details ahead of time. And I know if I were to invite someone, I would give them, you know, dress, what time everything starts, where it's at all in one text. Exactly. That's just how my brain works. I'm like, I'm going to give it all to you now. So then I don't have to worry about giving you any other information in the future. Mm -hmm. Like you're just already there. What about for outfits? Because I know you were struggling with what to wear for the wedding you were invited to outfit-wise. It's always that fine line of like, you know, how risque are we going here? Yeah, I think it depends. The time of year, the type of wedding, like sometimes they'll indicate like black tie and then you know to like do fancier. But then I think it also depends like the location, if it's inside, outside. Um, that's where I really struggled. So I looked at like to know it and I was like stalking wedding boards and looking what influencers wear to weddings. How did you find you found really two cute dresses? Like, how did you find those? Um, well, you know, I love to be the best dressed everywhere I go. So <laughs> I immediately got dresses, even though I was 50 50 on the wedding. I ordered dresses from Newly. I got um a black dress and then I got a pink satin pastel dress and I rented it for a month so I could return it either way if I wanted to go or if I didn't want to go. And I, I rented five pieces for like $80. So I was like, okay, this is perfect. I'll just do this because I don't want to buy something, wear it once or ruin it and then be mad at myself. So that was kind of my method. I don't know when I get invited to weddings, I kind of just wear whatever I think I would want to wear, but like semi-conservative. I still want to look good, but I always kind of go like the semi-conservative route. So do I. I mean, the wedding I was invited to, I wore something off the shoulders, but it wasn't really cleavage. My chest was covered, but it was off the shoulder. And it was form-fitting, but it was tasteful. It wasn't like, here's my ass crack. Here's my boob crack. I think weddings, you need to be tasteful. Unless it's a non-tasteful fern. Okay, wow, Vic. Um, well, we don't have your- <laughs> but you're meeting – that's the thing. It's like I hate meeting people's parents because they're so judging. I'm like, great, someone's parents going to meet me and be like, what the fuck is this girl wearing? 
Yeah. And the, the wedding that I went to over the summer was a work friend. So I knew other coworkers were being there. So it was like, I need to find an appropriate balance. And it's funny you say that. So it was um that, I don't know, you don't want your ass crack showing because- I mean, I, I don't want to look like a cheap whore, like at a wedding, if people I don't know is what it comes down to. Well, here's I the thing. I want to look good. Do you overanalyze dresses to the T? Because I was wearing a slip dress and without Spanx or with Spanx, I forget what it was, but I think it was like without Spanx or the certain Spanx I was wearing, you could see like the indent of in between my butt cheeks. And I was like, this is not appropriate for seeing. No, no. Oh my God. At this point, people wear yoga pants and I can see their full on basic rectum at this point. Okay. I can see it all. You can basically see their flaps. I hate to say it, you can. And that yoga pants, leggings, those are socially acceptable. So if your butt cheeks are showing and there's a space between them, I think it's okay. Thank you. I, I think that whoever's was- staring at it needs to go see a therapist or a doctor because they need to get their head out of the gutter. See, I'd be like looking at it on someone else and like admiring it. Um, be like, wow, they have a nice butt. But like, hopefully people saw that and thought that 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 night. But I think that was my Catholic guilt overthinking it. I think that was your Catholic guilt because I don't think when people were drunk, people were like, oh, wow, you know, her butt cheeks are shut. Like there's no touching of the butt cheeks. There's no wedgie going on here. Those are things that I completely overthink anytime I wear a dress. It makes me think about when I go on dates and if I wear something that I'm like something on the fence about. Mm-hmm. Um, I wore this one outfit and I was going to wear a no bra. And then I was like, okay, maybe I'll be self-conscious if I wear no bra. But then I wore a strapless bra and it kept falling the whole date. Then I was getting pissed off because I was like, okay, great. Like I have to keep like, you know, hoisting it up to get the boobs to look right. Yeah. And it just messes up your vibe at that point. Like you're unprepared because you're stressed thinking about how your outfit's like looking and it just throws you off the game. The same thing was happening in my dad's wedding. I wore a strapless bra because I don't like to be braless. Um, I'm like the 1% of girls who feel that way. And I kept having to lift it up and it was a mood killer because I'm like, what old people here are like, can she stop lifting up her bra? I was like, I don't really care. It just becomes annoying. Like, I don't even care about the old people. I'm like, yes, like, let me keep touching my boobs. But it's annoying because then it like, it falls in the back. That's yes. how it, is. it falls in the back. And then you have to get someone, whoever, to lift it up in the back and it becomes a whole freaking production. Yeah. My mom taught me a trick that you have to lift, like before you go out, lift it up like really high. I mean, if really high, if the shirt permits it, but like that, that's a good hack. Or my new thing is, well, this is like a little hack, but it also kind of doesn't work. The sticky boobs that don't have anything in the back. I like wearing those for shirts that are backless, but then if you're out of the bar, you start sweating and then they fall off. That sounds like a nightmare to me. So it's like, do you want to dance at a wedding or do you want to look good at the wedding? Like you really can't pick both. Or if you do pick both, you need a bra with straps and a dress with straps. Yeah. But that's my final thoughts. I mean, I'm eager to see if I get invited to any other weddings. Actually, wait, I am getting invited to a wedding coming up. A friend of mine is getting married. Really? Is she getting married like in the winter or? No, it's next year. The okay. wedding's next year. Um, but her bachelorette's coming up in March. And I'm going to figure out, I don't think I'll have a plus one. I think if I was dating someone, I'd have a plus one, but I don't think I'm going to get a plus one. And I also think it's going to be not in PA. So it wouldn't make sense for me to like fly out there with someone. Yeah. Anywho, this week we have Emily and Jess from Shine Talent Group, Shine Influencers. They represent the Birds Papaya, Alex and Mike, who we also have on the podcast, Mary Skinner, Nick Zazon. We dive into all things influencer. So if you want to get into the influencer field or you want to get representation, 
this is the episode that you want to listen to because we ask them the nitty gritty of what they look for, how to get signed, and what it's like working in influencer marketing. Mm -hmm. And I get to ask my big Catholic guilt question. Is it okay to say the F word on social media? Oh my God. I mean, if it isn't, I think I'm screwed. If it isn't, I think I'm screwed because I say it pretty frequently. We're both screwed, but I, based on this response, I think we're okay. I mean, it's not like we're posting, this is what I think about. It's not like we're posting pictures of us like blacked out every single weekend. And anytime I post a picture, I'm like, you know what? If my employer saw this, they probably would expect this. Yeah. Like, I don't think anything we post is so out of line that they'd be like, ooh, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Our ass isn't on the internet. Yeah, it's tasteful. Tasteful. Tasteful-ish for 20s. There we go. We'll clean it up at 30. But sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with Jess and Emily from Shine Town Group. I am so excited to welcome Jess Hunnishan and Emily Ward from Shine Talent Group. They are known for basically some of the biggest influencers that they represent. And I'm so excited to welcome them to the Moral Hangover podcast. How are you both? Hi, we're great. Excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Well, I'm like hoping by the end of this, you'll sign us both. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> really long, like costing. It's, it's an audition. <laughs> Go. Great, great. Okay. Well, we'll hopefully be on our best behavior. So reintroduce yourself to anyone who hasn't heard of either of you before to our audience. For sure. So I'm, I'm, I'm Jess and this is Emily. Um, we met, my gosh, seven Seven and a half years ago, eight years ago, like 2014. Yeah, we met in 2014. How, how many, many years? How ago many that years was? ago that is? Yeah. Um, just in case people are listening, just like years later because it was so wildly popular. Um, so we met a number of years ago. I'd moved to Toronto from Melbourne, and Emily was working in PR. My background was in PR. We met through like a very random sequence of events, um, and and we just clicked like immediately. And we, uh, we not long after that started, started shine together. So yeah. Can you tell me the sequence of events of how you met or is it? Oh yeah, no, sure. Okay. Let's, let's unpack it. Let's unpack it. So Jess moved from Australia to Canada to um, be with her then boyfriend as as, okay. as the motivation and breaking into the Canadian PR um, network. It's tough for anybody who's like moved before. Like it's pretty hard to, to start to network when you haven't like lived somewhere beforehand. And mm-hmm. even though uh, Jess had incredibly strong skills, people have been saying to her, oh, you don't have like the network. Yeah. You don't have the network. So it's like she- a super nice way of saying no one would hire me. <laughs> and I basically. Like, so just decided to follow her other like childhood dream of being a wedding planner. Um, so she's like, maybe I won't be in PR. I'll be, I'm telling you a story. I, yeah. you else, I, I know. I'm like, repeat it back to me. Let's chime in at any point, Jess, at any point, chime in. So then Jess said, uh, maybe I'm not going to be doing PR. I'm going to be a wedding planner. I, I love to plan, you know, events. Maybe I'll be a wedding planner. And she looked up and researched all these different wedding planners in Toronto. And she picked out two that she like really loved their style, really thought they were amazing. The first company she became, she did one support event with like the event planner, became quite friendly with the florist who was on site. The florist um, invited Jess to have 
Christmas with her family because Jess broke up with her boyfriend. Broke up with my boyfriend. Broke up with the boyfriend. Uh, Broke up with the boyfriend. Okay, wow. There's a lot of moving parts here. Okay, so she invited uh, Jess to go to her Christmas, um, her family Christmas, and Jess met her now fiance through that planner. Okay. It was her brother. Yeah. And then the other wedding planner is a very good friend of mine, uh, Lindsay Kent of Love by Lindsay. Took one look at Jess's resume and says, I don't think that I have anything that I can offer you right now, but my friend Emily has a freelance PR business and she has just a bit too much work for her right now. I think you should meet up with her. And Jess was like another blow off, like not, not going to turn into anything. I called her like, I don't know, that afternoon. We met up the next day. We started working together and like, we just haven't stopped ever since. Yeah. Wow. That's oh so that. You repeat it back. I must've told it so many times. You got it. I'm, I'm good at it. <laughs> no, I mean, you guys have been doing so much press too. Like we follow Electrified PR, shout out Jordan. And I was like, yes, these girls get in the press in there. Yeah, I got to do it. It's like, it's so like not foreign to us, but it's like, we're like, we we both come from PR backgrounds. And it's like the last thing we ever do for ourselves is like, we had to like hire someone to do our PR because like, like, we'll never do it. Like we need someone to come and like have the outsider's perspective. But a huge believer in PR. Like I'm always like amazed by, you know, articles that we contributed to years ago and how like they resurfaced through people and you know somebody like we got a speaking event um you know a couple years ago based on somebody who read an article from like very early on in shine where we were quoted and they're like we would like you to come and speak at this event and we got a paid you know speaking opportunity based on something that we did like years and years and years ago so like and especially podcasts like someone I mean lots of people listen to them of course but something always comes from every single podcast interview we do. Like my new um, executive assistant found me through a podcast that I was interviewed on. And then when I was like, I had posted on my Instagram story saying I'm looking for an EA and she was like, Oh, I listened to you on such and such podcast, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then we hired her. So like, yeah, I uh, love absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And Jess, I love your story of how you came here to like your motivation of moving was because of a boyfriend, which Many people are all doing, but like, like part stuff. of it, yeah, like, and I, then, needed, I needed a, a like, change we, of scene. No, but I admire it because sometimes after a breakup, you're like, I'm nothing without that person, and like that wasn't the case for oh. you. You turned it around and now have created an empire. And no, because she met me, fiance. and I didn't let her leave. Is what happened. <laughs> yeah, I was, and I think I like when I like had that breakup, and as um, Em said, it was kind of right before. Christmas and I was like do I go home for the holidays and I was like yeah that's a lot I think if I go home I won't come back and I I was like I'm not done like I I really knew that and as Em said like I just met Em we had like just started work we hadn't started shine yet but we had like started working together. That's what you, we, we officially, but we decided we were going to do it because at the, yeah, the I guess I think Christmas we, like, party, we yeah, were talking about it. Yeah, so, that's true. That's yeah. true. Okay. We need to hear about this infamous Christmas party then. <laughs> okay. So um, you bring on Jess and you guys start working together. So you're doing freelance PR at the moment. And then when is the inception of Shine? You're like, all right, we're birthing a kid together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Started working together and it's going like very well. And I was just having... Like so much fun with Jess. I, I've worked with tons of people, you know, over the years. But Jess and I, it was just Jess and I work very differently in some ways. But like the core parts, like how we work and what we get like excited by, are very much like the same mm-hmm. thing. So we were just having like a ton of fun doing it, honestly, mm-hmm. and just like building something together and having a lot of control in it. Um, I was also uh, contracting at an, an agency in like um 
a director of like content development or something. I had like, yeah. I had a contract position. Jess also got hired as a freelancer there with a contract position. They, we had made an arrangement with them that if we started up our own agency, so we didn't want to just be two freelancers anymore. We were booking bigger meetings and we're like, we want to define this as being like something. And we made an arrangement with them. If we started our own agency, would they take us on as being like their preferred PR vendor? Would they basically send us all of their PR work? And we would give them like a cut back for that, for that lead. And they agreed. So we kind of started off having like, some security like sure, in somewhat yeah yeah um so we went to a christmas party yeah. <laughs> and we were and we were talking about we had just like figured out the name so i do yeah. remember yeah. Yes. so always- how many drinks deep were we at this christmas party or was this a sober event oh, oh no no, no. <laughs> and we were always like such menaces there because we like- were i feel like that was like i i had so much fun with you like during that period and it, we actually weren't there for very long i think it was maybe just like six months but we, yeah i know i feel like we like ran a bit of havoc yeah we, in a fun way we were yeah. very playful we had like many ideas that we thought were excellent and we're like we should do this. We should do this. We should make this so much more fun. So at the Christmas party, I kind of, re- I can barely remember it, which probably speaks like how many drinks were involved, but like it was, uh, I'm sure we just like caused trouble and were annoying for like all of the management. This agency had never done else. PR before. So we came in and as I'm sure you ladies can appreciate, like, it's so exciting when you start to mm-hmm. do PR and this agency started to give them a spotlight, like started to get like their name known. They were getting quoted in different places and like, it's, it's fun and it's lively and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So I feel like we kind of brought in a bit of like that and PR, like when you work in PR, like you're used to like working on an event, so like making, like mm-hmm. being social and kind of bringing people like together. And they just hadn't had um, personalities like Justin and I, like in their, at least yeah, not trust that. Me, I can pick up what you're throwing down. <laughs> we had a ton of fun. We, they are so many great talented people yeah. at that agency. We They're had, really a, awesome. we had a ton of fun. Yeah. So yeah, but that was around like the beginning of when shine started and yeah. it was a lot about um excitement and building something that like Jess and I um had uh, control over in terms of the people we were surrounding ourselves by and then also like the type of work um that we wanted to do uh very much led with like the idea of like building something that was like around like excitement but like kindness which was mm-hmm. um pretty counter to the way a lot of PR agencies were presenting themselves at that time mm-hmm. um even like, to this day because I I mean I hear horror stories of PR but then obviously there's my friends who have great PR experiences so oh, there's some amazing people in PR as well but there's just I think just like old school culture in a lot of the agencies of like you know, big hierarchy, people being like really scary in their leadership mm-hmm. and just stuff like that just wasn't working for much of anybody anymore. Certainly not Jess or I, and not at that time and like in our lives. So we started um, um, Shine and then we like chose to launch a Instagram page that kind of like starts our story of like the whole um, social side of the business. We launched an Instagram page, but we didn't have any clients to talk about. And like, we didn't really have like the employees. Yeah. So we really much going on behind the scenes. So usually um, uh, agencies at that time would be like talking about their clients, like sharing wins or, you know, you know, profiling like their team Mm -hmm. members. We couldn't do that. We didn't have anything to talk about. So we started to um, post more about like the lifestyle of shine of like Mm -hmm. what we were trying to create. So it was like, 
you know, fun quotes and, um, you know, lots of like pictures of like, you know, bunnies with like flower like, crowns and any animal, very, very girly and like all yeah, but that. But it was just like, it was, and like, you see so much of that now, like this is like now it's, it's very common, but at like, this was like seven and a half years ago. And it's just like, wasn't what agencies were doing. And it was super polarizing. Um, so a lot of people like, no one will take you seriously ever this is silly. Like you're like silly little girls. And we're like, mm-hmm. like we love it. And we're like, like, but this is like, this is what shine is. Like, this is like the brand of shine. This is the lifestyle of shine. Like, so we, we only want to attract the team members and the clients who like understand what we're doing there. Okay. So at this time, when you were doing this, influencing wasn't as I don't even know. It's like, I feel like it's very commerce now. Like it's very like shopping. I feel like before all of that, it was just like inspo pictures. How have you like shifted to how the times have kind of changed? Yeah, it was very influencing now. It was like, they're like, oh, the OG bloggers. Like that was like kind of who was around. Yeah, they're bloggers. 100%. And, and so like we first launched with Shine PR, right? And then it was like maybe six months into that or a couple of months into that. And we started to do a few events. We're like, how do we get just like our name out there? Like, how are we marketing ourselves? So we did a couple of events just for Shine. And who we invited to those events, were like all of these like bloggers or like coming up to be Instagrammers. Um, and we're like, no one is paying these people attention. Like they're not getting invited to like the events that the media are getting invited to. So we will invite them to our events from like day one. And show them that like we see the value in what they do. So we we did that and we just started to build like really lovely relationships with them. And through that, we were kind of like, okay, is there like something else here? Um, and there are many other agencies like around the world doing talent management for social talent. Um, a couple that I knew like intimately from um, from back home. And we're like, I think this is something that we can that we can do, and no one's doing it in Canada. So let's mm-hmm that so we officially started shine influences we're like now shine talent group but we were shine influences um so officially started that the november like we started shine pr january and shine influences that november but really like we were just going out to influences and saying what do you need like what are you struggling with right now and then having those same conversations with like brands and other pr agencies and like everything that everyone was saying like there is this perfect spot for us to sit like right in the middle here, be like a huge advocate for these talent who we think are incredible and doing amazing things and also help brands make sure they're getting their key messages across like through these people and through these channels. It happened, I don't want to say it happened like with ease because like it was like a ridiculous amount of work, but it happened, it, it came very easily to us because I think we, as we said, like we'd built these relationships from the beginning. Like these are the people who, we were interested in these are the people that we were marketing to in like our socials and things like that. And it just, uh, it just like it, it flowed. And we did like a big, like splashy launch party in Toronto when we like launched shine influences in like the most obnoxious way. So same thing when we like started shine, like we didn't really have any clients. So with the influencer space, like, okay, we have to sign like 15 people. So we signed 15 people and they're like, okay, let's just like launch it. And so we invited 
every single PR agency. We invited all of our competitors. All of our competitors. And wow. Not typical, right? So people were like a little bit like confused and curious at the same time. Yeah. And Um, we invited them with like giant balloons. Yeah. So instead of doing like like an email invite, which like obviously everyone does now, we're like, let's get giant helium balloons. We'll fill them with glitter and like confetti. And then we'll have a bike messenger deliver each individual balloon to like all of these competitive agencies. You could not ignore. You could ignore it. You you had like this like like helium balloon. We kept like sending like the bicycle couriers out and like they would like hit power and they come back and they're like, sorry. We're like, well, these are really expensive balloons. Like, please, please do better. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but yeah, it was like, it was a really like fun, fun way to like start it. And I think that just kind of like it, it, you know, had so many legs from there. I want to dive into building your brand a little bit. So people always have questions of becoming an influencer and what they should and shouldn't do. So Vic, take it away and let's kind of dive through the questions that we have for you. All right. I'm happy that we are asking this question because Katie knows that I was like freaking out a little bit about this this week and I'll give some background after, but what can harm your brand on social media things to stay away from? Cause I was freaking out. I'm like, will a brand like not want you because you say the F word? What's your opinion? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So like, like it depends what brands you're going after. Like, for example, like Disney, like won't work with you if you like wear a swimsuit, like they're going, they're like, ultra ultra family friendly you know what I mean but then other brands that like they don't care at all so I think it's like it depends on who you want to go after and like we say this John all the time like don't be everything to everyone like one Mm -hmm. you can't you You just can't like it's like my favorite like Instagram like meme I guess I'll call it is like it's like a little quote of someone saying like they posted like a watermelon thing like I love watermelon and someone's like how dare you hate strawberries and what is your stance on mangoes and it's like ah, I just wanted to say like I loved watermelon but like that is social media like to it yes but like you cannot please everyone and I think like in terms of like growth and building community it's important to like stay very like true to who you are. So like, if you swear, if that's how like you like regularly speak, you can, I think people read when you're like not being real, like consumers mm-hmm. are so smart now that like they see that. So I think when it comes to brands, like there are some brands like couldn't care less about that at all. And they're going to be the right brands like for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's like general things to stay away from in terms of like, what would you say? Uh, like racism like, like yes phobia like no brainer the, the, the big ones like I kind of hope they go without saying but like don't be racist you know <laughs> um so things like that of course um but I think it's like it's all about like your your community right and like building that and giving back to that like brands will see when you have a highly engaged community there's just like tactful ways to do like most things too as they all you know you don't you wouldn't be wanting to be like slamming a brand and like you also need to be able to like authentically speak about like experiences right so I like I think that there is a a way to get through like everything and even if you have done something that has been like a bit of like an ff on like what you thought Mm. you should be doing if you have the skill level to be able to like communicate like through it with your Mm. with your followership Mm -hmm. and then like it's fine and like I feel like that's like 
I think it's like a lot of like the strategy advice that we give our talent when like they've like gone through something and yeah. maybe it just didn't go well. Right. And it's like, yeah. that's just being um, human. So these people are like, they're people, they're not manufactured brands. They are, they're people. Yeah. So there's going to be um, variances of when they do things incredibly perfectly. And like, when like, like everybody else, like you kind of have like a learning moment in life. But it's how you treat that afterwards. I think what really separates talent who are professionals and the ones who are just like, they're just kind of playing. Yeah. So, okay. You just segued me so perfectly. So professionalism with influencers, what would you say are like the three things you want to see in an influencer if you're going to assign them to your agency? Oh my God. I have like 50. So many. (laughs) (laughs) Rattle them off. I'm like responding to emails in a timely fashion accountability for their side of like the the piece it's um it's a relationship yeah between uh, the talent and the brand but it's also a relationship between the talent and the talent manager talent manager is not the creative that's like the talent so they have like their accountability for like their side of of the deal yeah but in terms of even like when someone's reaching out to us like then they want to be represented or maybe we're going like we're we're sending an email to them um, if like, oh, can you send over your demographics? If like the way that people send things, like I'm always interested in, or like I, there's like horror stories of like influencers who reach out and want to be represented. And they're like, I'd love nothing more than to be represented by Parker Management. I'm like, well, this is shine. So like, this was obviously the email you meant to send to them. Like, <laughs> do, you do that. Yeah. <laughs> we love them, but like you emailed the wrong person. <laughs> so like, oh yeah. like, my god. I'm mortified but for them when that happens because I'm like, you just sent this exact same email to like at least two agencies. I don't know how many other, how many more, you know? So like that, it's like, know who you're speaking to, right? Like, so I think that's like a no brainer. And then as I said, like, you know, like send over your analytics, like communicate efficiently and like effectively. And um, that will tell us like everything. We do trials now with all of our talent who we sign to figure out like, for both sides, like, does this relationship work? Like, yeah. it's like, it's like a marriage. We'll get to like the marriage part later, but like, let's go on a date. Um, and I think just like being honest about like, like we always say to, to people who reach out to us, how many inquiries are you getting every week? Like how many of them are paid? What's this? What's that? Like, don't inflate it because like, we then we get into it quickly. and we're like, is this normal? Like you said, you got like 50, like brand inquiries a week. And we've seen like three, like is this normal? Um, so I think just being like really honest with like where you're at. And if you're starting out, just like saying that and saying like, this is where like, I think, you know, I could, I could really grow and there's a lot of potential here, there and whatever. And then it's like, you know, you kind of get more into like the collaboration side of like, can you submit content on time? Can you read an email? Can you like read a brief? Like follow a brief. Yeah. Can you follow a brief? (laughs) Like, are you like looking at a brief? Are you going through it saying like, okay, the brand said like, you can't wear like, there can be no brand logos. It has to be outside. It's this, that, and whatever. And then we get back like, ah, it's not any of those things. Sorry. Like, I think it's that's not like, good. Like know? also like the, like the best talent, like are the ones like the, the most like um, professionally minded talent are the ones who like really understand that like, it is like that, like collaboration, like that. It's, it's not just content that they're creating for their um, feed, like organically, mm-hmm. because they really like are inspired or like want to share something. It's a collaboration between like the brand and them. So like, you have to find a way to have both like needs like mm-hmm. met and like the perfect ones are like operated like with complete like ease. Right. Yeah. And 
I mean, that's why I also hate when people are like influencing is so easy. All you do is post a picture. It's like, no, like you have to have a brain and work hard and understand that it's a business when you start doing like brand deals and you have to follow the directions just because you have 100K followers doesn't mean that you are excused from following a deliverable. It's such a common misperception that people are like, oh, take take a selfie. And they, you know, (laughs) I think influences are like the biggest hustlers. Like, like influences are like behind the scenes, like hustling for like every job that they do. And like so much work goes into it. Like we we know, like you, you obviously both know this, but you know, for other people who may not know, it's like there's, there can be weeks of emails back and forth. There's contracts, there's negotiations, there's creative briefs, there's putting together a mood board and creative concepts. There's and like testing with your audience is like knowing like what works for them. Yeah, like staying on top works. of like, like yeah. trends, trying to create different things. Like there's, they're true, like creative forces yeah. like as well. And I think for the brands, like you're not simply paying for like that one post, like you're paying for years of like community building, like years. That's what you're paying for. You know what I mean? Not like, can I shoot a selfie and post on my feed tomorrow? Like, sure. Like that doesn't take anything, any kind of major skill, but like building that audience is like such an asset. Like that's so incredible to be able to do that. And I feel like I've like really seen it when um, there's been programs and, um, either like through us or, or, or not, there's been like a very like high level, like celebrity like involved. And then seeing the difference in terms of traction from like a celebrity versus um, one of our like social talent yeah. and how our social talent can have a stronger conversion rate than yeah. like the, the yeah. celebrity. I'm like, I feel like if that doesn't prove things like to people that like, then I don't really know yeah. like what does With celebrity endorsements. Like it's just a different kind. Like it's, yeah. there's absolute mm-hmm. value to it. They do amazing things. But like when you're just talking about like, like social, like yeah. collab. Oh yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I believe it because celebrities, when I see Jennifer Aniston doing an Avino commercial or ad on her Instagram, I'm like, I know you don't wear Avino. Whereas <laughs> with these creators, I trust their opinion. I've been following them. Like I know they're authentic. And I don't think they would recommend something for me if they didn't actually like it. Yeah. No, their audience would like, they would find out after a while. Like, I feel like maybe yeah. not like that exact day, but over time, like it gets, it gets known. And I feel like yeah. then they lose their trust factor with their audience and that's their currency. They're not going to, they're not going to jeopardize that. That is their currency. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's so true. Because when I start seeing an influencer doing too many ads that I know, probably they wouldn't pick themselves. I'm like, Mm, like, are you just trying to get like your bag? Like you're trying to get a dollar bill. Like, I just don't know if I can relate anymore because I know this doesn't seem authentic. And Katie, you know what I'm thinking? Like, even sometimes when we have um, different influencers on our podcast, like you can tell the ones that have like a cult following, like they really built their community. Those episodes for us, like do above and beyond and then the ones that like wait you have this amount of followers and it's not adding up so it's like clear for us when we're only a podcast I'm like I can only imagine what brands realize totally 100% so when it comes to a social strategy what are some things you recommend for your talent to grow to a certain level I think I I really try and bring the conversation like away from growth because every single person asks the question, every person wants to grow, but like when, like we see every day, like what brands want and what, what works in collaborations. And it's when audiences are like 
highly, highly, highly engaged. Like I would always rather see someone with like 20,000 followers, but with like a 10% engagement rate than like someone with a hundred thousand and like 1%, you know, like so much more impactful. Um, and we can go to a brand and like, we can like sell that like really well. Um, so I think it's like focusing on like the audience that you have, the audience you currently have, not the audience that you could have. And I think we get like a bit caught up in that. Like imagine all these people like who could follow me, but it's like, it's almost like a disservice to the people who do. It's like, we're here, like care about us, you know? It's like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think like more emphasis should be placed on that. Like, how do you keep your current audience? Like, that's what you should be worried about. Like, if they may have been with you for years, like that's who you need. Like, as Em said, like that's your currency. So like keeping them, keeping them happy, keeping them engaged, like providing value in your content, like providing like fun for them. You know what I mean? Like people are on social for like an outlet. So like, how do you create and provide value to your current audience? And then you will grow as a byproduct of that because your audience will love you so much that they're always going to be like, oh my God, you have to follow blah, blah, blah. They're the best. I love them. And that growth will be like slow and steady, but it will be like, they're just going to, they're going to be the right people for you, you know? And I believe like the old school networking tactics that you use like for like everything apply like to social go out to events go meet with brands go meet with other like talent like get out there if you can only be doing it on social like reach out to people like ask them like ask some questions try to see how you can engage with them look at what people are doing like in your space who are doing really well like try to see like how you can connect and do something you know together how you can learn from them so what about niches? I think a lot of times people who are trying to get into the influencer f- space, they feel like they need to stick to a niche for like branding purposes. Do you agree or disagree? What do you suggest with that? I think yes, if it's real, you know, like, is it, are you like, oh, I don't see anyone in like X space. Like that's what I'll focus in on. Like not if it's like manufactured, but I think that having you know, for brands and audiences to know like loosely, like what they're getting from you, I think is, is huge. Like we represent a lot of people in like the body confidence, body positivity, self-love space, which like we love, like it's, it's such a great part of like the social universe and like their, their audiences, like they just, they know what they're going to get. Um, and brands know that too. And that doesn't mean that like that niche can't like parlay into like other categories you know what I mean like it doesn't mean that they can't talk about like traveling and fashion and hair and makeup like they can still talk about those things as it pertains to body confidence for as as an example but I think it's you know it's important to like kind of stay true to you and and if you're multifaceted and like that's amazing too there's like a difference between like um like niching like your brand and like knowing what your unique like selling like point is so like we we build those out you know with our talent like we like we we know what is unique like about them so I feel Mm -hmm. like um I feel like you just have to know what that is like for yourself and uh, as Jess was saying like trying to manufacture a unique selling point like it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't work, but there's something great and amazing about everybody. And that really does go back to like, just like our PR backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And when Jess and I were working on like, you know, really dry B2B clients, we could always find something about them that we found really exciting. Mm-hmm. 
So where do you guys see the future of influencer marketing going? Because I do remember when I was in college, I went on a trip to LA and we went to like a management firm and someone there was saying they didn't see the future of influencing going too far. Oh my God. Like the amount of articles that people have sent us being like, right. The end of influencer marketing. Like, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but now like with TikTok, all this stuff. So, okay, let's, let's hear your take. Like, where do you see the future of this going? I'm up for <laughs> one. Um, it's like increasing dramatically like year over year. Like we, like we're in the middle of a big like planning week right now. So we certainly see that with like the growth that we've had at Shine, but especially like this last year, like two years, I guess being like pandemic years, it like, what did we see? Like we saw people like in droves download TikTok. We saw people investing like all of their time into social. It's like, even as we're coming out of that, like it's still people have like built habits now and developed habits. So like, that's like, that's where they go for their information. So like, you know, we've seen TikTok and incredible rise in that and, and like how it, it changes like pop culture. Like how many songs do you love now? Because like you heard them on TikTok, like so many, too many. It hasn't stayed exactly the same. Like even yeah. the eight year stretch that we've been doing this, which is yeah. like eons in like the influencer category. Oh, it's changed like 500 times. Absolutely. Yeah. Like the dominant platforms like have changed. The style of content creators have changed. What is like effectively, well, we used to have very, you know, um, aesthetically pleasing like still images or like what what people were wanting now it's very like raw live content like it is Mm -hmm. like shifting and changing like with like the times um i think what we saw in the past like year like in a half there was something that happened in terms of just like current affairs like in the world with like the pandemic um, and people looking for the like opinions of social talent in a very different way, in almost like a journalistic way that like it wasn't there in the same way beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like there's a layer of credibility that's been given to the more experienced, you know, like yeah. talent, the ones that have like these strong voices that didn't exist like beforehand. There is a ton of different social talent out there. I believe that we'll start to see like more of like a um, difference between the people who are getting who just kind of like playing like in the space and the ones who are very like sophisticated, like in the space. So I think we're going to start to see like that more and more. I think we're going to continue to see crossover between like mediums. So we've seen talent over the past like couple of years be in like print ads and like all that, that like has been happening. But now like even that movie Free Guy, that one with Ryan Reynolds, that's out mm-hmm. like right now, they had all of these gamers, like these YouTube yeah. gamers, like in like the movie. Yeah. Well, like I Addison think. Ray is like a yeah. exact same example of that. They are again, like parlaying into more like traditional media um, in like film and television, which is like really interesting and like fun to watch. Okay, this may be slightly psycho for me to even bring up, but this, rem- are you, have you guys been following the Brian Laundrie stuff? No. Okay, well, it's it's like a murder case that happened in the States that they're trying oh, to solve right now. Okay, yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Gabby Petito, okay. sorry. I probably should have started with her. But Gabby, it made me yeah. think, like, my mom watches the news. My mom's also six years old. And the way I've been keeping up with it is I've been keeping up through, like, any news app basically being, like, that's how I've been seeing. And we have a group chat about it right now. And we just constantly text articles that we see either on social, TikTok, 
see, hundred percent. Like traditional media is just so like different. My case, one hundred percent on TikTok, and I was like, yes. like, like first on I was like, oh my god, this is like, what is going on here? But like. And now like the spinoffs that have come from it are like, we saw the van, this happened. We saw him here. He was in a park. It's wild. It's like, it's so interesting to like see how that, those types of things play out on social. It's yeah. Yeah. So I work in marketing. So I always find it interesting seeing how media changes. And I saw something the other day that someone posted and it said, the Tokyo Olympics had 14 million viewers. Whereas on TikTok, one of the Olympists who was in a Tokyo got yeah. like something million views on just a single TikTok video. The, the guy who was like from Britain, who was like knitting little things for his medals. Did you see that guy? No, no. I must have missed yeah. that. Oh my gosh. He's like adorable guy. I think he was a swimmer. I think he's like British. He like and knit like, cozy for like, his medals. Yes. He was like knitting on TikTok, these little like pouches for his medals. It was like the cutest thing, but I agree. And like, I, I come from a traditional media background. So like I came from TV when like you would use like the Nelson rating system. And mm-hmm. like, that's how, like, that's how you TV ratings work. And that's how advertising is sold on TV. And I was always so enamored by social because I'm like, wait, I can tell you exactly how many people watch this to the person. And there's something like so cool about that. Like we're able to give brands these really like granular analytics where like they can just get like so much information. Mm-hmm. So true. Vic, what was the question you're going to ask before I started talking about murders? And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to bring it back to when you said about the future of influencer marketing, when you were saying like, Addison Ray, or that you can go on different platforms and you make such a good point because like right now, I kind of hate that like Dixie D'Amelio, she's an example, is a TikToker and people are pissed that she comes out with music because she wants to be a singer. And this is happening more and more that people are influencers, have other interests. And like right now, I feel like people are kind of criticizing it, but in a few years, people are just going to get used to it, that it won't be something they're going to criticize. Yeah, I, I I think so. And we've seen that happen in, like, we talk about that with, like, celebrities when, like, a triple threat, you know, like, they can, like, sing yeah. as an act. Um, <laughs> exactly. But, like, other people, like, that's acceptable. I think people just have beef with influences. Like, I they agree. Love <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, like, when, like, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, a perfect example, which is I feel like, like when, when, like, a celebrity, like, an actor, yeah. and then, like, they sing. They, yeah, and you're, like, it's like when like Anne Hathaway and like Les Mis. But the, the ones movie. who actually come out with their own records. You're uh, like, yeah. that's not for you. You're like this thing, you know? Like, I think it's just like, that's Everyone just like. To put someone in a box. Like it's easy. I don't think like, it's limited to uh, the, the influencers. No, guys. I don't think it is. But people yeah. like, I, I feel like it's number one, people don't take influences seriously. A lot, mm-hmm. everyone, of course, but like a lot of people don't. So I think that it's like, you know, I'm sure a lot of that is sparked out of like envy because they're doing like pretty well. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, 100% envy. I think there's there's that. So they're like, I already didn't take you seriously. And now you're a musician. Like, come on. Like, they don't want to like believe that that's possible. But I think that like says more about like the person with like the limited thinking yeah. than, yeah. than the influencer category for yeah. sure. Definitely. So before we wrap up, first, I want to thank you both so much. I loved picking your brains this whole entire time. Vic and I love influencer marketing. So this has been such a treat. 
Um, I want to know what are both of your power moves to how you got to where you are and you're just like secret sauce for building shine. Cool. No power moves. I'm like, do we have any? Do we have a power move? Uh, it can be anything. It can be anything that makes you need that you feel like helps you excel. Yeah. Okay. Like personal to yourself. Like, okay. For me, I will say that something I'm like really good at, I've like realized that this year only, I think is my special skill. I can see potential in someone before they see it themselves. And it's like for like launching shine and like seeing like, I could like pick the people who I was like, there's just like something about them. And even if like, they didn't like know it yet, I could like really identify that. And then we launched BODCON, which we haven't talked about, but it's like one minute explanation is like a virtual conference series about all things like body confidence, body positivity, self-love. It's super fun. And with that, we have had some like incredible talent speak. Jess can spot talent. Like nobody else can, like you can, like you, yeah. like you, you've brought in some people or like what, like what draws your eye. There's been so many people over the years who have like grown to like huge success, but they were super yeah. tiny. Like tiny. when you can, and tiny, you do, you, yeah. you, you can find amazing people. And I feel like you cast really well and you do that with the team too. Yeah. I feel like you're also like very yeah. good, like with team like members, like identifying like the ones who have like huge growth potential that yeah. year. Like I feel yeah. like here. Yeah. Yeah. Tough question. Lady. I know. I was like, like is it, is it really okay, good? what's yours now, Em? Let's and hear I, it. I was trying to think of something like different that I haven't said before, but like, I, I do think it's like, although it can sound cliche, like I do think it is a really important one. I can definitely get like frustrated by like no's for sure. They don't stop me like mm. at all. Like I, like I, there's like a bit of like rejection proofness with both Jess and I getting a no, even a strong no, or getting like a ton of no's in a row it has never really told me that yeah. I couldn't do it. It's like the PR background. Mm. Sure. You're, you're like, like, you're like, like, oh, you're like me down, down, down. <laughs> it's okay. I'm still here. So I, I, I yeah. do feel like that, that has one that's like certainly carried me through like a bunch of rougher times. And again, sounding like somewhat cliche, but like I do, I do see opportunity and challenges. I can mm-hmm. like make a quick choice to look at something that's like a pretty shitty situation and be like, no, it's going to be like this. Yeah. Or, like, I think this that's is something what we can like, take from it. And I think like we can contribute a, a huge amount of shine success to that. Attitude, yeah. I'll give you an example. I'll give an example from like way back when. I don't know. I was thinking about this, but like when other agencies started to rep talent, because we were really, we were like among like the first mm-hmm. in Canada and definitely like the loudest at that time when other agencies started to like mm-hmm. jump on the bandwagon and people were like, Oh, did you see this agency? Yeah. Oh, this person started up another agency. It, like it was kind of like coming at us. Yeah. And I remember we're like, no, this is great because then brands will know they have to pay for talent. You know, if, if everybody's representing like them, the then bond. everybody will know that you yeah. have to pay for well, talent. You can't represent everyone, but it's funny. Like other people wanted that to like rattle. They're like, did you see? Yeah. And, and we're like, like, yeah, it's in our, like, our network. And they're like, yeah. Like I remember people like sending us articles. We're like, yeah. They're like, Ooh, did you see this article? It says influencer marketing is going down. Go away. I don't want that yeah. in my surround. <laughs> no it. bad juju. Don't bring it here. Not um, for us. Okay. Well, I loved your power moves. You guys did great with that. Okay. Thank you. I'm like, that's a, that's an excellent question there. And I think it's so hard to like, especially as women, like compliment yourself. It's like something that we should like all be better at, but it's very difficult. <laughs> I agree. I was literally thinking about putting post-it notes next to my mirrors. So like every time I like go in, instead of thinking everything that's like wrong with me, being like, wow, you're a sexy bitch today. So, like, <laughs> so, 
We'll see how that goes. We love it. So where can everyone follow you and keep up with Shine? Yeah, so Shine um, on Instagram is Shine Talent Group. Website, shinetalentgroup.com. Yeah, like that's that's where we are. Yeah. We're, all, we're always online. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Thank you both again so much for coming on. Thank you for having us. This was so fun. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us at the Moral Hangover Podcast. We have new episodes every other Monday. You can follow us on TikTok too. We're on TikTok, Instagram, and I'm Katie. This is Vic. We'll see you next week. All right, bye everyone.